I will never write a single line which I have not first felt in my own heart. He'll teach you everything. Truer words were never spoken. All right. Language and writing were made available. I'm writing this down. This is good stuff. We ready to do this? We ready? Yeah? We're good? I'm John. This is John Helps You Write Better. Let's go write better. Here we go. Now, yesterday, we talked about super fans. Today, we're going to talk a little bit more about super fans, but from the other side. Let's talk about them from a reader-consumer side. We talked about them as a writer. Let's flip it around. Publishers love super fans because they equal dollar signs. They're the kind of people who you can throw something at, they'll salivate over it, they'll have an immediate response to it. Super fans are awesome. They make dollars. Publishers are all about dollars. Everybody wins, cha-ching, cha-ching. Except, and here's where things take a turn, you want to question two factors here. One what kind of super fan are you producing? And two, what are you providing to those super fans? And both of those questions don't get asked nearly enough at the level of production and publication where super fans and super fandom really matter. Let's start with the easier of the two questions. Now, just as a preface, just as a side note, I, personally, John, have a really bad habit of sounding incredibly snobbish in and around this topic. And that stems from two things. One, I have a fairly unyielding set of expectations as to the kind of discourse and back and forth I want from people. And and two, I am very easily annoyed when that level of discourse is not met or seems non-existent or seems actively avoided. Those two factors really, really make this uh, or, or make anything I explain about it sound really, really snobbish. And I, I don't mean it to. I don't want to come across as, you know, judgy and, and kind of shitty about things. But um, I, I don't care for the the sort of the current level of of discourse and the way things sound and like the the well, well okay hang on let let's let's recenter this around super fans when you're looking at super fans when you're looking at people who are really rabid and really active and really um like engaged with with media whether that's uh shows, movies, books, whatever. Uh, some of some of the phrasing, some of the, the ways they convey that excitement or that engagement, um, aside from the fact that it's so much of it is so often appropriated like Afri- uh, African-American vernacular English, uh, aside from that, which is its own terrible appropriative problem, um, some of the phrasing just just like bothers me. Because maybe I read it too literally, or maybe maybe I, I'm focused on the wrong part, but when someone is all like, oh my God, I read this, and I'm like screaming, you weren't screaming. And if you were, it was momentary. And you're certainly not, you know, throwing up because OMG, these two characters and their bullshit. You were not 
it did not cause you to vomit. It did not, you know, it made you feel uncomfortable. It made you feel some feelings. But to hyperbolize and turn it into a superlative so that you can monologize in an Amazon review is asinine and childish. And here comes the part where I, I have an expectation. Like, like, just talk about what's good. Don't talk, like, talking about how you felt is not the same as disclaiming, here are the positive benefits I liked. I love the characterization. I love that plot twist. Oh, man, the action beats here were fast and furious. This was really great. I would love for uh, a super fan to be more critical, not just negative. Don't don't hear critical and think negative. It's not just about, oh, well, they fucked up the, the, com- the comma splice on 206. No one gives a shit. It, it's more about being able to say, here's what I liked. Here's what I didn't engage with. Both of these things can be held equally. And um, the the sum total of not just OMG, like WTF, what, why are these two characters doing? They're not real people. Stop doing that. But um, getting away from superlatives and hyperbole so that you can craft and shape an equally weighted critical thought like a whole ass expression of the good and the stuff that didn't grab you. Not so much the, if I were writing this book, I would change 10 things that no one gives a shit about that either. But being able to evaluate something more practically, more reasonably, more beyond just the lens of what you really liked, I think would elevate and make a super fan more careful. The problem is super fans are not prioritized that way. Because super fans are encouraged to be as emotional and evocative and honestly as vapid as possible. How quickly can I tell you how great something is and how many different ways can I tell you something is great so that other people will read it, assume it's great, see that there is a lack of critical breakdown and just see, oh my God, look at all these like glowing hyperbolic things and therefore make another purchase. That's, that's the super fan system in action. The system's supposed to work that way. You know, let's not be critical. Let's not have some deep thought. Let's not look for flaws. Let's not appreciate things beyond just their superficial emotional, you know, knee jerk pull. Let's look at things, you know, just in terms of like, I read this, I had a feeling I projected, here's my imagination done instead of like, here's what this thing made me feel. And here's the sneam. And here's what it had me questioning in my own life. And you know, it, there isn't depth to it and there should be and there needs to be, but super fans aren't deep. That's part of the system. The other half of this, the other section of this, from a production standpoint, is about what are you giving people so that you produce super fans? Now, this isn't so much about like, you're writing when you should be recording or you're filming this when you should be doing that. It's, it's not about finding the right, um, the right widget or the right like peg for the right hole. That's, that's not what this is. This is, this is more a matter of the quality of the thing you are making affects the quality of the person who receives it. You know that idea about garbage in, garbage out? Or that idea of, you know, depending on the effort you give is what the result you get. If you half-ass something, you end up with half-ass results. It is arguable to say that if I put out, you know, lower quality 
or hurried material or sloppy material. And I tolerate that because my goal isn't to produce the best thing I can, period. It's to produce the fastest thing I can with the best quality relative to that speed, meaning I'm willing to cut corners, I'm willing to slapdash a thing because I got to get it out the door faster, then you are suggesting to the person on the other end of the experience, whatever that might be, that you care more about getting to the transaction and getting the transaction done than if you were, you know, just trying to make a thing that you know they'd like. There are whole... Uh, communities and schools of thought about the durability of objects and the persistence of ideas. Now, part of this does eventually turn into old man yells at clouds, why aren't things the way they used to be? But there is also something to be said for when you rush, when you fly forward from step one to step 60, because we want the good fun stuff at step 60, you are not encouraging the kind of super fandom or the kind of audience or the kind of anything that you actually want to get the response from. You want somebody to sit there and, you know, scoop up everything you make with a big ass spoon. But if you make garbage, why the hell would they break out their big spoon? That's, that's something worth considering. Now publishers, big, you know, people who tuck their shirt in publishers, they don't give a shit. They're not going to give a shit. The, the, their job is to get a number of people of whatever, you know, literate caliber they might find and sell them a product and take that money and move on. And the encouragement from the top down in the system is that, you know, we, we want that. We, we just want maximum people, maximum profit, and that's how we win. That's how we get the result we want. And if your result is, I sold many books, yay! then yeah, that's exactly what you do. Go produce the best thing you can on the fastest timetable you're comfortable with and be willing to prioritize speed over quality to some degree, knowing that, well, if I just sell, you know, 50,000 pancakes, yeah, a few of them are going to burn, but I've sold 50,000 pancakes. Keep that in mind. The other end of the pendulum, though, swings it too far the other way. I'm going to be so diligent, so careful, so prepared that... Over time, people have to be willing to wait, and a lot of people won't be willing to wait. And you've got to be comfortable with that too. But again, we don't want to hang out on the extremes. You really, really don't want to be on the extremes here where it's, you know, how quickly can I get the, you know, a mediocre job done or I will be so slow and careful and diligent that it feels like forever between what could be, should be, and possibly be straightforward, simple things, uh, you don't, you'll, you'll never find happiness in either place. It'll be either too fleeting if it's just fast and rushed, or it'll be too sparse if you take too much time. Now, I'm not saying this to pressure you to write faster. I'm not saying this that you have to publish tomorrow or, or anything, anything like that at all. What you want to do is narrow your focus and drill into the idea of here is what I produce, whatever it might be, photos, media, pictures, food, blog posts, uh, whatever. And, and you make it to the best of your ability, not conscious of the time it takes other than to say like you can do it consistently, 
but not looking to expedite. We're not trying to like turn tables over in a restaurant or something where we have to get you the fuck out the door in 20 minutes or less. Otherwise your pizza is free. We want to produce the best thing we can. And we are aware of how well we can produce a thing. It takes us six, eight months, whatever, to make a thing to the level we're happy with. Not the level we'll accept, the level we're happy with. And if you sitting now where you're at, writing how you're writing, producing what you're producing, and you say to yourself, well, in order for me to get to the level I'm at, it's taking me however many days, weeks, months, years it is. This is especially going to stick you, you know, in the side if... You know, you're not somebody who finishes things. And and you might get frustrated and you might get angry. And the solution for that, the, the resolution for, for what happens when you feel like garbage about your production isn't to get mad and force it to go faster. The solution to that frustration is to go talk to somebody who can help you get on track, help you build a better schedule, get you some better habits, get you some better tools. And then from there, turn around and streamline, improve through technique rather than haste. By the way, if you want to do that for free, it's johnhelpsyourwritebetter.com. Go click the button for an appointment, scroll down, go to the free appointment. It's free. Get some tools, get some help. It'll make a difference. What you want to do from there, once you've given yourself some tools and a more well-rounded look at your framing of timeline is realize that your fans, super or not, will engage with your material in the way you permit them. So if you want to raise the bar on discourse and make sure that everybody is critical and positive without OMG, WTF, BBQ, like if, if you want to do away with that sort of vapidity and that, that sort of inanity in things, then when you re-engage with your audience or when you go outbound to your audience, you talk about, rather than what you hate, don't focus on, you know, I don't want fans that do this. I don't want reviews that do that. Talk about what you do want. I want fans who can look and appreciate this, that, and the other. You, you frame it positively. Because that way you will condition the people who will do the thing you're looking to do in a more positive way. That's how you make a different kind of super fan who aren't going to write six paragraph Amazon reviews for your bullshit fantasy novel. They're going to sit down and write something thoughtful because your goal as an author should be to produce the best art you can. Your goal as a self-published author should be to produce the best art you can and then sell it in a way that is sound and ethical and, and functional for you. Not to compete with the big, giant, you know, faceless corporation people who can just throw money at problems, but to handle your business in a way that aligns with who and what you are. But that is a whole different train of thought that perhaps we will talk about in the very, very near future. For now, give this some thought. I'll talk to you tomorrow.